Who's happy to be in the house of God? Like legitimately, right? Who's happy to have a relationship with Jesus? Who's content with the amount that they hear the Lord? No. <laughs> like it was just, that was right. That was evident right across the board, yeah? Because we all want to hear from the Lord more. And last week I started to talk about spiritual hear- hearing because the reality is that when we hear from God, right, it changes our life forever. It changes everything that we do. We, we actually stop. We pivot. We ask. We wait. We get some consensus. We get some encouragement. And then, you know, because we've heard from him, off we go. You know, it, it certainly sets us up in a much better place. Life could be falling apart around us, but if we can hear God, there's a peace that surpasses no matter what's going on around us. Amen? You know, um, I was talking with Samuel yesterday, but more around and because of he was driving and, you know, like we all do, we all make mistakes when we drive. Um, Samuel made a mistake, really wasn't his fault, it was a terrible intersection, we didn't have an accident, but you know, when you just have that moment and that panic sets in, will I stop, will I go, will I turn, what will I do? Um, when we're not accustomed to those things, we, we, can, we can panic, yeah? Often in life, when things aren't going right, rather than stopping and being still and having the sense of mind to listen out for what God is saying we panic and we wonder why we're flustered and frustrated in the moment. Yeah, does that make sense to anyone? Like legitimately, if we just just stop. Okay, God, this is not really good right now. Life's not great at the moment. I'm not really happy with what just happened. In fact, I'm freaking out. I need to hear from you. If we could actually have the sense of mind to do that, life would be so much easier to live. It really would. It would be so much easier to live. And the fact that most of us would like to hear him more would suggest that we probably have those moments where we need to hear from him more. Amen? Fair? Good. I'm glad. Um, if you don't like what I say, please um, tell somebody on the way out. Um, if you like what I say, you can tell us now. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to read. I'm going to keep going from last week because I want, to, I want to use last week as a small foundation to build, to give us something practical for us to help in our hearing of God. Yeah, Because we should be able to hear from God. He didn't just speak then. He did speak then. It's the primary way that he speaks. But thank him because then he sent Holy Spirit so that we can continue to have a conversation with him and he can unpack some stuff for us as we go along. So last week we're looking at 1 Samuel chapter 3. Um, I'm just going to touch on a couple of those things to build a foundation and then we'll move on. So Father, we just ask that you would bless this day. God, bless those that are in the house, bless those that are watching at home. Lord, all of us know people that don't know you, so we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would go out, that you would start to stir within them a desire to get to know the one true living God. And then, Father, we pray that you would create opportunity, the space and place where we can actually share clearly the gospel, the love that you have for them, that we might see our friends and our family come to the knowledge of Jesus. That, Lord, we might see them actually walking an abundant life, knowing that their eternity is assured. And I imagine in that place, everybody will say, 
Amen. <laughs> totally. So last week we read from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. And that read, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. So it's evident from the passage that the problem in those days, problem that they were the children of Israel were experiencing, is that the word of the law was rare. They weren't having any visions, so basically they weren't really hearing from God as well as they could. We established that last week. We're cool with that? And everyone said, yes, we're cool with that. Good, keep moving. So the problem for them and what can be our problem is that we, there are times where they and we don't hear God the way that we could and should. Yeah, um, I've shared this before. Had a lovely friend in the house growing in the Lord, teaching how he can hear from God for himself and for those around him, got caught up in a lovely church, but they sort of teach that you don't hear God today. Yeah, he doesn't speak to you at all. And ba-bow, no deal. So they moved on and left. And that's a real shame because God speaks to you today. And if my kids didn't speak to me today, our relationship would be terrible. If I didn't speak to my wife, our relationship would be terrible. She would tell you that it's only as good as it is because I don't speak enough, which means what I'm saying is it could be better because I could be having and communicating more is what I'm trying to say, even at home. Communication is key. So I would hate to have a faith with a living God that doesn't speak. Well, that's like kind of boring. Yeah, it's like speaking to... And again, I don't want to offend people but ultimately I will. It's like speaking to a dead God, like a Buddha or a Muhammad. They are dead. They are recorded dead. They have not come back to life. They do not speak. Our God, though, recorded in his word, has come back to life and still is alive and well and speaks today. Amen? So we've got a living God. Now, if the problem is that sometimes we can't hear, it's often because the problem is deeper than just a communication and vocabulary. It, it, the problem exists because there's so much noise all around us. There's noise in our heads, there's noise in our hearts, there's noise in our hands, our phones go everywhere. There's just noise. There's noise everywhere we, we go. And because life can be so busy, the, that all together adds up to this space where sometimes when we sit to hear from God, squirrel, Anyone ever have that moment? I'm going to, I'm going to pray. I'm going to, just I'm going to pray for a minute, Lord, and even while you're driving. And Father, I, I just wanted to bring before you. That's a lovely car. You know, and, and, and God, you know, and oh, what was that I had to do at work? Now, anyone have, a, have those moments? Like, you, you want to talk to him, and you want to create a space where you can hear from him, but all of a sudden, squirrel, squirrel, they're, they're like they're everywhere, yeah? Or someone cuts you off just when you think, yes, Lord, your servant's ready, speak. Someone cuts you off on the road and you want to kill them. Yeah, I know, it's only me, you know, in those moments. But it's just so busy around us. So for you and I, there's so much noise in our hearts and minds that we struggle to hear, and yet you and I need to be a people, one that love and need his word, but two, a people that want to have a deep desire and hunger to hear him, hear his word. And that should be in the heart of every believer, regardless of denomination, regardless of whether you're Pentecostal, evangelical, conservative, whatever it might be, regardless of what badge you wear, our hearts should be aligned in this, that we want to and need the word of God and we want to and need to hear from him. Amen? 
Anyway, keep moving forward. So that was a problem then. They couldn't hear God. It can be a problem for us now. Verse 2 of 1 Samuel chapter 3 says, One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. And what we talked about last week was, for me, and I don't think it was a stretch of the context, it certainly paints, I think the writer paints a picture through the whole chapter, but that then the leaders then, were they had no vision. He was the main leader with his sons and they had no vision. So in those days, the leaders had no vision. Today, you and I, we are all leaders, not just pastors, not just elders, not just bishops. Yeah, whatever you call them, wherever they are, whatever robe they wear, ring they have on their finger, doesn't matter. Right? We are all leaders in the house of God. We are all leaders in the family of God. You and I can all lead people to Jesus. Amen? So if that was an issue then that they had no vision, then... What's your vision? I mean, I know the vision for this house and the, and the people that call this place home, that we would be a safe place for all people, yeah, that they would be restored and revealed for his glory. Even during worship practice this morning as we prayed, I had a moment when I shared with the team and I was teary because they were singing one of the worship songs and I was already being moved emotionally by the Spirit. But then I had a look across, the, the, I guess, the, the, the width of the stage and God just said, this is a picture of the vision of the, the house, to be a safe place for all people. And as I always do, I share things with some humour. You know, I said, we've got Ray here, who, who's got, a, if you know Ray, a thousand ailments in his body, right? The guy shouldn't be smiling, but he does somehow, right? He does. Maybe it's because he's got a loving wife. I don't know. He's always smiling, right? So th there was Ray. And then I said to Andrew, who was on the keys, and I said, Andrew, please, no offence intended, but here we've got Ray, who's, who, who's got these ailments, we've got, and we've got Andrew, who's getting a little up there in age, you know? Right? No, no, well, I'm 53, and we've, we've got, I think of John, who's 90, you know? It's, it's not an age thing. It's to say that there's, there's such a, a diversity of age. And then we went to Sal, and for whatever reason, I don't know why, Sal looks beautiful today, but I picked on her height. We've got short people and tall people. And, and then I looked at the young guys, and I said, we've got all these young guys. And then I looked at Lyndon, and I said, Lyndon's almost like a child of the house. He helped Mel and I when we first did youth. You know, like he was one of our helpers and then like it happens to all of us, he went for a little bit of a walkabout and then a year or so later he finds himself back in the house like a prodigal. This is a safe place for all people, yeah? I mean, that's just our stage. Let's not even get into our board and elders. And again, you think we're really messed up, yeah? <laughs> like, but leaders then had no vision so if that's the vision for our house and we can see it come to pass i know that mel and i have got a vision for our family and for our kids what we'd love to see so my question is for yourselves what's your vision what's your vision for your life with the lord what's your vision for your family what's your vision for your grandkids for your kids what's what's your vision because Eli was losing his eyesight and he had little to no vision. And because he had no vision, the next thing that we see in that same scripture is that he was lying down in his usual place. He was lying down in his usual place. Instead of standing up, instead of serving, he was lying down. You've got to see how a lack of vision robs you 
of all of the purpose that God has for you, yeah? He was, he was laying down. Instead of praying for or into the vision, his vision, the vision for the house, he's lying down. Instead of working towards the vision of the house, the vision that God would have shown him and given him in his heart, he's lying down. Now, we know that sin was in the camp, and that was Eli's sons and a whole bunch of stuff. But this, this once admired leader is actually sleeping. He's dozing in the house, almost like he'd given up. So I go back to that question and say, so what's, what's your vision? What is it that God's placed on your heart that maybe you've forgotten, maybe you've let go of? Because Philippians 1.6, the amplified version reads this way. Because once the Father's spoken a word over you, once he's given you a promise, yeah, it may be years, but it's a yes and amen. I am convinced, it says verse 6, and confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. So don't give up. If it's for somebody that's at home watching, don't, don't give up. Don't, don't lie down. Don't let go of the promise over your life. It, it could be a little bit of a wilderness. Yeah, but God uses that as a pro process to prepare your character for what he has in store for you. And think about it. When we've got a lack of vision, this can only happen in the Bible. You're not going to find it anywhere else. How does Jesus heal vision? He puts mud in someone's eyes. Yeah? He puts mud in someone's eyes and makes their vision even worse. And so you're thinking, what is going on? Ah! There's no way this stuff's going to come to pass. But somewhere in that mess, God uses all of that to bring the word to pass over our life that he spoke. Like he's, he's a brilliant God that works outside of the box, any box that we can put him in. Amen? So don't lay down. Let's make sure that we're believers that are awakened, that are alert, that are alive to the things of God. Because when you and I, when we lie down, when we lie down in our faith, when we do that, we hinder what God wants to do. Think about, think about the, the cripple at the, the pool of Bathsheba, wasn't it? He was there for how many years? A lot of years, 38 years, 38 years. Now, I've been to India I've seen real cripples and make-believe cripples and both of them have the ability to shimmy across a road with eight lanes just on their hands and their buttocks, right? Without the use of their legs. I have seen that. Now, this guy was there for 38 years and what did he cry? Oh, woe is me. No one's here to help me. Don't lie down. Roll if you have to shimmy across on your backside, but don't lie down. Don't give up. If God has spoken a word over your life, if it's for healing, then believe it and keep moving towards it some way. Find a way to do that. Find a way to do that. Keep believing. Keep serving. Stay faithful. Remain steadfast. Keep your focus. Keep your eyes, as they would say, on the fries, yeah? My kids have learned, don't take your eyes off the fries. Don't do it. In fact, Nathan the other day, can you believe this, right? My wife buys him some food from KFC. She's driving past. She brings him the lunch just because, you know, she wanted to bless him. Walks into his bedroom with this beautiful box and puts it in front of him and opens it up. And I walk in and he goes, 
what do you want? I go, I'm going to get a couple of chips. He goes, why don't you ask for them? Okay, can I have a couple of chips? No, no, what I meant was, why didn't you ask mum to get you some too? In other words, don't touch mine, because he's learnt, keep your eyes on your fries, mate, you know? The third thing that we established last week is that God was, wasn't done yet. Because verse 3 says, The lamp of God had not yet gone out. Even though, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was, the lamp had not yet gone out. So God's presence was still there, even though Eli was dozing, even though he was sleeping, even though he had lost vision. And when you don't have vision, you don't have hope. That's why you stop moving. Even though he was in that place, God's presence was still there. So for you and I, sometimes God may seem a fair way off. He may seem so far away because the season that we're in is, is, is so, oh, just so yuck, so hurtful, so painful. So confusing. You ever been in a season that makes no sense? I have no idea. I've prayed and prayed and prayed. It's not, and nothing's fixed up. I've prayed and prayed and God's not. Sometimes we're in a season that's so confusing, but even in that season, I would say the lamp has not yet gone out. God's presence is still there. God's presence is, is still available. Even in the midst of our issues and problems. See, our ability to listen and to join him and to obey him may not be where it should be. My emphasis, or my emphasis, emphasis. So there we say it, Lyndon, the emphasis. If you get the emphasis wrong, emphasis, you know, it's a whole new thing, right? What I want to emphasize is our ability. When our ability is not right. See, God is never far away. He's never the issue. He's never the problem. The issue is always you and me. It's always, you're feeling far away from God? He's not moved. Yeah? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you felt him yesterday, experienced him yesterday, heard him yesterday, he's not moved, something's moved, and it's you or I. Yeah? So for you and I, sometimes our ability might waver, but... But, 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 if his presence is still there, then there's still hope. There's still hope. Even in the times that we're struggling to hear, there's still hope. So that's what we established last week. That we, you know, we could, like the Israelites, have an issue where we don't hear God. And the solution is that God speaks, but sometimes we just need to reposition ourselves for that. But where I left off last week was that maturity is be, being able to open his word and actually say... To the Lord, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Even when it's a tough word, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. Eli, when we looked at last week, I mean, Samuel had gotten a word for Eli that was really tough. Yet, yet Eli still had, in all of his confusion and nearsightedness and lack of vision, still had the heart to say, Give me the message that God gave you. Give it all to me. Don't hold it back. I want it all. And whatever it is, it is good because it's from God. Whatever it is. So maturity for you and I is even when the word of the Lord is tough. Because it, it, it should. The, word the Bible tells us that it cuts in like a double-edged sword, doesn't it? So sometimes the word can be really piercing. It can be tough. But we still need to have the maturity to say, hey, you know what? It's good because it's from the Lord. Rather than the world, it's good, it's Don. It's good, it's God. Yeah? 
It's good, it's God. We need to have that mindset. It's good, it's God. And then, and then, once we hear it, whether it's easy, whether it's soft, whether it's loving, whether it's a little bit tough, then we need to be able to do what the Lord asks us to do. You know? So now we need to be a bit practical, I guess. Because how does God speak to us? How does he really speak to us? I figure it's a good question. I don't know about anyone else. I'd like someone to have unpacked a whole bunch of stuff when I was a younger Christian. I mean, we kind of apply God speaking to us in community, in family, with uh, preaching and, and teaching and Bible studies. We, we kind of unpack a little bit there, yeah? But how does God speak to us today? And so I've got some thoughts and some scriptures just to help us on the journey. So I want you to look to the person on the right and say, get ready. We're going to learn ways to hear from God. Man, some of you can't even whisper. Come on. At least whisper loud. Get ready. Punch the person in the arm. Go, get ready. God's going to speak in a new way, maybe. Man, if God's family is anything like my family, there will be angels and, 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 and different brothers and sisters and we'll all be speaking over the top of each other and all hearing God at the same time and all worshipping at the same time. It'll be mayhem. But I love that. I think that's brilliant to have voices everywhere, particularly in heaven, speaking to the Lord, hearing from him. And so Samuel chapter 3, it's sort of a shadowy story in that you've got Eli, he's a bit wicked, his sons are wicked, they're not hearing from God, and yet it's a place of worship in Shiloh. It's where the Ark of the Covenant was, is, was, and that represented the presence of God, but somehow, for some reason, at that time, the Ark of the Covenant, the, the tabernacle, the, the, his presence, it, it, it actually it seemed like it was losing some of its, I don't know, luster, some of its shine. It was like people didn't care anymore. And you and I, though, we find ourselves in this beautiful space called the New Covenant the New Testament, we find ourselves in this place that despite the craziness in the world, we can still come together in the name of Jesus, <laughs> which is just cool. And you and I can know that because he lives in us, one, he can comfort us and guide us, but we can hear him speak to us, for us, sometimes for those around us. We are such a blessed people to live in the new covenant. So one of the ways that he speaks is really simple. It's one of the three sixteens. It's one of the probably the three most important three sixteens. This is one of them. Second Timothy three sixteen. All scripture, all, 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 all. Those at home, all of it. All of it. I don't like that. Bad luck. All of it. <laughs> all of it. All of it, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching. To a degree, that's what we're doing right now, yeah? It's useful for teaching and, oh, I love this word, 
rebuking. Yay! Hey, you can't talk about rebuking people anymore today, can you? But what does that mean? That means we kind of, in love, lovingly get told off in the name of Jesus. That's what it means, right? Again, if you don't like it, make sure you've got a paper Bible because you can rip that page out. If you've got an electronic Bible, you can't. It's stuck there forever. Yeah, so if you don't like the scripture, you don't want to read it ever, that's the best way to go. But it's there. And then it says it's useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting. I told you, kids, I'm bringing you up in the ways of God. Yeah? Correcting. And that, that's, that's sort of like, I, I wouldn't do it this way. I'd suggest maybe we try it this way, yeah? Always in love and training in righteousness. So the major way that God, for me, still speaks to us is not through the voice of a prophet, because he still speaks through New Testament prophets, but not just one person, not just a Samuel, not just a Eli, and I'd hate to say it, not just a Pope. It doesn't work that way. He speaks to all of us now. All of us. You're all leaders in the house of God. He speaks to all of us now. And yes, Holy Spirit also speaks to us. Yet Holy Spirit never contradicts the word. Never, ever, 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 ever. Never contradicts the word. The Holy Spirit will always point back and glorify Jesus Christ. Amen? Always. Because all scripture is God-breathed. So think of it like this, anyone that claims they're hearing from God, it's really simple, right? And it's contrary to Scripture. I can safely say that's not the Holy Spirit. No deal. Easy. God said, woe is... No deal. Woe, no deal. God said... No deal. He doesn't speak in King James anymore. No deal. Like, if it doesn't back up Scripture, then it's safe to say that's not the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit always glorifies Jesus. Always. You know, another example. God won't speak to someone about leaving a place because of offence. God will not do that because what God's heart is is for reconciliation. What God's heart is is for people to be in right relationship. So God won't utter these words, Run! He won't do that. He'll say, apologize. Say sorry. Take the higher road. Be Jesus. That's what he'll say. So if you've got something that's opposite of what's in the word, ah, you know, ah, you're probably not hearing correctly. Just a thought, though. That's not from Bible college. It's just a thought. If you're hearing a word that contradicts what's in the word, it's not a word. <laughs> it's just not a word. God's word to us, particularly in the new covenant, is always uplifting. It's always encouraging. It's always strengthening. So yes, we hear God for us. But you and I, I'm telling you, all can have. We're not, we may not all have the office of a prophet, but we can all have the gift of prophecy. Yeah, we can all have that gift. And Gary Morgan, actually, who's a lovely friend of the house, recently wrote, and this is a beautiful way to think about it, as we prophesy, so as God gives you a word, as Holy Spirit speaks to you for somebody else, it's always encouraging, it's always uplifting, it's always strengthening and comforting, 
Gary says this, as we prophesy, we are speaking about the person seated with Christ, right, to the one sitting in crisis, same person. We're speaking to the one that's seated with Christ, even though at the moment they're, seat, they're sitting in crisis. And he goes on to say, thus we define victory, not describe a victim. Does that make sense? Yeah? Like, Holy Spirit is a life giver. He goes on to say the key is to always speak of that which is above to that which is beneath. Remember, the Holy Spirit was brooding over the chaos. It's what came from above that changed what was below. Always prophesy about the person seated with him and the one seated before you will be transformed. I love that. Yeah, Holy Spirit still speaks today. He speaks, God speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through Holy Spirit. And sometimes he can speak to us through each other. Amen. Who's ever got a word from somebody? Man, how do you feel? You should feel like when you're walking away, you should be skipping. If you're walking away going, woe is me, you should have no deal. Seriously, if you get a word in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, and in your heart, it's, there's this heaviness, there's not this freedom that comes. Yeah, Even a tough word brings freedom. But if there's a heaviness, you have every right because you're a leader. It's your own faith. You step up to that and you say to that person, thank you, no deal. Not taking that on board. Holy Spirit doesn't work like that. Holy Spirit's a comforter, always glorifies Jesus, always points to Jesus, never contradicts, never ever contradicts the word. John 1.1, 1, 1, the amplified version, and I love this, he never contradicts the word because the word is Jesus, right? So he's not going to contradict himself if you believe in the mystery of the triune God. In the beginning, before all time, was the word Christ. And the word was with God and the word was God himself. So he's not going to contradict himself. He's not going to contradict what's on paper. So God speaks primarily through his word. He speaks through Holy Spirit. So let's be a people that love scriptures. Yeah? Love scriptures. Let's be a people that love Bible studies, for lack of a better word, connect groups, friendship groups. Let's be a people that love those things, not just what you're about to binge on Netflix or Prime, yeah? Because I like a good binge. I love a good show. Mel and I have got our favourites. But let's be a people that love the Word of God. Let's be faithful readers so that God can actually stir up. Holy Spirit can say, you know that what you just read? Let me just bring some... Let me illuminate for you. Because who loves those moments where you read something and it's like, man, I've been a Christian 20, 30, 10, 5 years. I've read that multiple times. But all of a sudden, wow, I've never seen that. Ever had that? I've never heard that. I've never, oh, I never saw it like that. Because Holy Spirit will speak. And there are more truths packed into this book that you and I could ever imagine. And when the time's right, when the, our character's right, as God does what he does with the mud in the wilderness, the process, then he brings truth to keep us going, to fulfill the promise that he spoke over our lives. As the world gets crazier, I think you and I need to be seeped in the word of God. Hebrews 1.1, 1, 1, uh, verses well, 1 and 2 in the past, and this is a good understanding for us for 1 Samuel, in the past, 
God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Verse 2. But in these days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. In the last day, God has spoken to us by his son. And he does that through his word and he does that through the Holy Spirit. Henry Blackaby, who's a, a, a Christian author and pastor, said, God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, through prayer, through circumstances, and the church to reveal himself, his purposes and his ways. So he speaks through the Bible. If you're not reading the Bible and you're wondering, or at, at least listening to it, and you're wondering why you're not hearing from God, this is where if I was a cartoon above some of our heads, there would be this little bell going, ding, 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 ding. Ah, epiphany moment. Never thought of that. Why aren't I hearing from God? Oh, I haven't been listening or reading the Bible. Well, that could be one, you know. Like, might only be me. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. So if you want to hear from God, what do you have to read? The Bible. Amen. Now, he also says that God, the Holy Spirit, speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible and Prayer. So all scripture is God-breathed, so we don't neglect the word, but then we have to seek God in prayer because he speaks to us through prayer. Do you know what's dying in churches all over Australia? Prayer meetings. And we wonder why the church isn't really... Like, this is not criticism. This is commentary because it's our church too. We wonder why we're not bursting at the seams, having an effect in council and local government when, when it comes to prayer. Yes, I understand people have got their prayer closets. That's cool. Amen. For your personal prayer Christian life. Yeah? But what's dying Around Australia, and I would suggest the globe is corporate prayer meetings. Corporate prayer meetings where God can speak to a people, where he gives, because we only see in part, the Bible says, where he gives one a picture, another picture, another a thought, another a picture, another a thought. And then when we start putting it together, we go, that's what he's up to. That's what he wants to do. That's where he wants to go. So we can't neglect prayer. We can't neglect our prayer closet, but nor can we neglect the corporate times of prayer. Max Licato. Who likes Max Licato? Yeah, who remembers the kids' books? I love Max Licato's kids' books. And even when I first started reading, the Max Licato books were the easiest things I could find to read. And so I'm not a reader, but it was his books that helped me start reading. So Max Licato says this, um, Our prayers may be awkward, our attempts may be feeble, but since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. Get together and pray. You want to hear God? Have your prayer closet. You want to hear God some more? Pray corporately. See what God says. See what stirs up in your heart. Because even we could have a really small prayer meeting and we could be praying about anything. And we might be praying about someone who's sick. We could be praying for the youth of the community. And all of a sudden, the presence of God is so heavy on a particular topic that you can't help but weep. And then we're all praying for that because we just heard from God. Yeah? Don't neglect those times. You know, I reckon one of the most annoying things as a Christian is when you're going through something and someone goes, have you prayed for it? Have you prayed about it? Like deep down you want to say, well, dear Fred, 
course I have. But the truth is that most of us probably find it annoying because we got busy and we were trying to fix it. We've done everything except for pray for it. Yeah. God speaks to us when we pray. He speaks to us when we pray. He speaks to us when we speak to him. He gives us the answers we need often in the times of prayer. So pray. Pray. I'm speaking to myself. This is not me yeah, painting a picture and dictating it to those of you that are here. I'm speaking to myself. We need to pray. You know, two weeks ago, we finished our service and we were praying for people and we were getting people to share some things that they needed prayer for. It was a really beautiful time. Commentary, not criticism. Some just couldn't do it. We're not able to do it. Man, we've got people that are marching the streets, you know, they're doing whatever, saying whatever they need to say, and sometimes those of us, Christ believers, are struggling to utter a prayer in front of someone else because it's my personal space. But we weren't in a personal space. We weren't in your closet. We were here corporately. Pray. Pray. Don't be shy. It doesn't have to sound all wonderful. One of the worst prayers I ever heard when I first became a Christian was someone saying grace. Oh, Father God, we thank you. And I'm now I'm being cheeky. I'm thank you, God, for the provision that you've set before us. I was like, oh, heaven, just thank God so we can eat while it's hot. You don't need a special language. Yeah? If you've got an accent, pray with an accent. If you've got a small vocabulary, pray with the vocabulary that you have. It doesn't have to sound more holy than thou. They're probably the emptiest of prayers. Because prayer sometimes is gritty. It's, it's, you're down and you're, you're, you're beseeching the Lord. Come on, God. We need you here. So when we have corporate prayer, pray. Friends, if you call yourself a Christian... Pray. Yes, you're still a Christian because someone will say, does that mean I'm not a Christian if I don't pray out loud? No, you're still a Christian. But sometimes you need the confirmation, the affirmation, where two or three, uh, where they come together in his presence, where they agree on one thing according to his will. Sometimes you need to be able to hear so you can say amen. Oh, I love that stuff. Matthew 18, 19. People will suggest this is out of context because of verse 15 and 16 and 17, but verse 18 brings it all together. So verse 19 says, Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So let's bring some quick teaching, yeah? What's Jesus saying? Verse 18, he actually says, Whatever you bind on earth, yeah, because verse 6, 15, 16, 17, he's dealing with people that, are, that are, are quabbling, that are arguing. But then verse 18, all of a sudden, he shifts into this, into this place of authority and he says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. So verse 19, when he says again, what he's actually doing, he's declaring something that he's already said. And what he's saying is he's declaring that the church that gathers together has the power of his presence. Even in our deepest, darkest moments, even when our vision is blurred, even when we cannot see, even when we're still lying down, his presence was still there. The lamp was still lit. Yeah? 
even in those times. And so when we gather together, we have the power of his presence. And then it says, I tell you that if two of you, so in a church, no matter how small, Jesus promises his presence. He promises his presence. Then it says, and on earth, any two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for. What he's saying is there's great power in unified prayer. Because the reality is not every prayer is going to be answered. We, it may be answered and we might not see it. We've got to believe and pray like it will be answered. It has to be according to his will. And we know his will, sort of, but sometimes we don't. And so the, what it's saying is there's power in unified prayers. Unified prayers. Our closet time is our prayer. It's our time. It's our intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. But our corporate time, it's our unified prayers where we can put hands on one another and go, yes, let's pray for that healing. Let's believe for that. Yes, let's pray there'll be breakthrough there. Let's pray. And then it finishes, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. What he's saying is that the will of God is prayed out in the gathering with faith. In Jesus' name. And prayers will be answered. Prayers will be answered. So he speaks to us through prayer. He speaks to us through circumstances. Anyone ever gone through something and then you had a moment after, an epiphany moment, where God's just made it all so clear and you've just gone from one level of glory to another because you've matured in a moment because he's made sense of what you've just been through? Sometimes that, what I've just been through, could be years. (laughs) But he speaks to us in the circumstances, the leading that God is at work in all things. And then obviously he speaks to us through the church, through the family. Don't neglect the church family. Don't neglect those that are bringing a word that's encouraging, that's strengthening, that's comforting, that's uplifting. Because he's speaking to you by those that are in the house beside you. You know, when we remove ourselves from church family, we are actually, get this, right? Because people will disagree and I've got to finish because of time. We are actually removing ourselves from one of the ways that God can speak to us. I'm not hearing from God. Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Have you actually sat with him in the circumstance that you're going through? Are you going to church? Any one of those that has a no means that he won't speak to you there though he wanted to. wants to speak to you through others in the house. Wants to speak to you through the circumstances that you're going through. Wants to speak to you via the Holy Spirit. He wants to speak to you through the Word. Are we hearing from God? What's our vision like? The people of God, we're the ones who have been redeemed by Him. We are the church. And often what happens is God puts a Bible. You've been reading a Bible, you read a verse, and then you have this unction in your spirit that what you just read, you had a thought, and you know who it's for. You ever had that? And not one that kicks someone while they're down, one that uplifts them, yeah? And you think, man, I've got to, get, I've got to share that with them. I, 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 I was praying and then all of a sudden I saw your face and then as I was reading the word and God said, this is for them, so I'm sharing it with you. Sometimes you may not even understand it, but it brings hope and life to someone. Why don't we all stand, please? <laughs> Don't shut off one of the conduits that God wants to speak to you through. Don't do it. So how does God speak? Andrew, can I have keys? No, I can't. Can I have guitar? I think, sorry, stuff's not plugged in. Sorry, Andrew. 
That's right, play acoustic, it's loud enough for this place. I don't have no idea if this mic's on. Is it on? Doop, 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 doop. They can turn it on. Well, if they turn it on. Anyway, let's finish with this, yeah? The CSs. The CSs. God speaks to us through commanding scripture. Take it away. He speaks to you through the word. Read it. It's our foundation. He speaks to us through the comforting Spirit, Holy Spirit. Don't let anyone tell you that the Spirit is not for today. Don't let anyone tell you that the Spirit is not for today. If anyone tells you that Holy Spirit is not for today, that gifts are not for today, my very simple answer would be run. Run. Holy Spirit wants to speak to you today and Holy Spirit will draw attention to Jesus, never himself. The counsel of the saints the family. God wants to speak to you through one another. You know what? Someone may be walking with the Lord for two weeks and God will speak to them for you with a word that will change your life forever. And someone else will be walking with the Lord for so long that they have history and all of a sudden God speaks to them for a word that will change your life forever. Don't neglect how God speaks to you through the CSs, yeah? The Council of the Spirits. The Council of the Saints. And finally, circumstances. Life happens. Things happen. But God doesn't waste anything. He uses all things together for good. For the good for those who love God. Amen. So my hope is that all our hearts today are ready to say, Lord, your servant's ready. Give me the message. Lord, I'm reading. Your servant's ready. Give me the message. I'm praying, Lord, I need to hear from you. Your servant's ready. Give me the message. And let's be a people that act on that. And with every eye closed, I just want to pray for us. That's all. I want to pray for us that we're a people that hear from him and hear diligently and hear wholesomely and know that God is a God that is full of love. Because all of us here, I know, want to hear from God today. All of us. You know, when Mel and I came here, one of the things was an answered prayer for Mel. And for me, it was a word in the council of many. And then when we arrived here, we arrived to a house that we were renting and there were people that we didn't know that were already cleaning and unpacking a truck. Sometimes we just have to keep our ears open for God. So when we move, we know that we're moving with him and in him and for him, yeah? So, Father, in this space and place today, God, open our ears that we might hear you more and more and more. Lord, may we not be sensitive at a, at a difficult word, Lord, when you're pruning and, and when you're cutting and when you're moulding and when you're shaping, God. Let us be open to everything you're saying. Like Eli, God, may we say, and the word is good. Your sermon is ready. Give me. Lord, give me the message. Give me the word. Lord, I pray that we would grow from strength to strength and glory to glory as we hear you through the word, as we hear you through your spirit, God, as you speak to us through the family, God, as you use 
Lord, the stuff that we go through to make sense of all that you have in store for us. God, we just want to hear you more. Lord, that we might love you more. That we might share you more. Lord, that those that are in and around our lives would see you more. So we give you all the glory this day. We give you all the praise. And everyone in the house said, Amen. Have a wonderful Sunday in Jesus' name. Amen. There's no sunshine. Enjoy the wind and the coffee.